Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I was going to say, I was going to make a joke. I was going to say, welcome to the morning show because that's what we're doing. <laughs> we're recording in the morning right now. Um, and then that's I right. forgot. Dang. <laughs> it was a good joke, though. You should uh, you should use that for another morning show. You should save that joke. We'll edit this out, and it'll all be fine. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll use it for some kind of TV pitch or something. <laughs> ah, it'll never make it. I'm uh, Simone de Rochefort, senior video producer at Polygon, and I'm here today with Brianna Wu, uh, executive director of Rebellion Pack, and we are on... To talk about some tech news. Good morning, <laughs> How Brie. How caffeinated are you? It's 8 a.m. Um, zero. <laughs> zero? Okay. Okay. This this may not be as accelerated a geek conversation as uh, our listeners are used to, but we will do our best. Relaxed geek conversation. <laughs> <laughs> under-caffeinated geek conversation this morning. Oh, oh, goodness. So Christina may or may not be joining us. Uh, she is busy at work right now for reasons that i think we can't talk about yet but you might know just from let me guess let me guess yeah go ahead and guess is is clippy coming back and she's going to unveil clippy is that it dang it brie come on did i did i spoil some microsoft (laughs) corporate secrets here Clippy is being elected mayor of New York City. <laughs> I would I would vote for Clippy. I would we vote need for help. Clippy. We need some help. Um yeah, so if you are online and looking at things that Microsoft might be doing right now, I don't know, but um Christine is super busy, but we are here to tell you about things that are happening in the world, starting with a story that our own host, Brianna Wu, <laughs> is <laughs> enveloped in, embedded in, um, impl- implicated in, even. Implicated, so, yes. Listeners of the show will remember that a couple months ago, there uh, began a hubbub over the Peloton Tread Plus treadmill. Uh, users were complaining that the treadmill was a very real danger to children um, in that it could just it it could injure them very, very badly or potentially kill them by pulling them under um, and crushing them, which is just terrible. Um, A government agency released a memo about it saying, hey, everyone, we're investigating this thing. It's potentially dangerous, and we would love for them to stop producing it. And Peloton released a competing statement saying, no, (laughs) we're fine, guys. (laughs) Uh, And that was... It's fine. Your kid will probably be fine. Just just relax. Have some coffee. What is life without risks (laughs) as a parent, which I'm not? Um, That changed that tune changed quite quickly uh in peloton's ce the the reception to it was just so bad we talked about it on this show after that first statement from peloton came out just about how insensitive it was and you know how even though treadmills universally are dangerous they were handling this in just the worst way possible and in a way that was completely disrespectful to the families even though they claimed to say we're we're not we're not releasing the information of the families affected because they don't want to be investigated. Like, come on, that's not your decision to make. Remember that, Brie? <laughs> I do. I thought it was a big steaming pile of um, sweaty towels after mm. a Peloton workout. It was vivid. not good. It was not good. Very vivid. 
Uh, well, since then, they have started making changes. Because the reception was so bad, the CEO then released another statement saying, wow, that first one was real bad, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're so sorry. And the most latest update in this whole... Wait, can we just say, oh, yeah. in, the, in the CEO, in their apology, in his apology, committed to communicating better with Peloton oh, people, right? What so... a salient point right. you have brought up. I wonder if that will be a point of discussion as we continue <laughs> to talk about this story. Hmm. So now users of the Peloton Tread Plus treadmill are learning uh, that a software update um, has been sent out to the machine uh, that may, that basically will lock you out of the non-subscription mode. So people can buy this very expensive treadmill and they can subscribe to Peloton classes and trainers, or they can just use it as a very good treadmill. There's a mode called Just Run. Mm -hmm. um, and I think Just Bike if you're on the bikes as well. I don't know if it's specifically called that, but it's it's basically that feature, mm -hmm. right? Like you get on the bike and you just uh, you just bike. And can I tell a really quick yeah. story about this? Actually, because a, a common comment from the the cult of Peloton, of which I am a member, mm -hmm. right? I'm a fully. I have my card. You know, I show up with my cloak, and my dagger, and my mask, so people don't know mm. my identity. I'm a fully fledged member of the cult of Peloton, uh, but. Something people have said a lot that are Peloton fanboys and girls is why would you buy the Peloton treadmill and then use it to just run? And I would love to tell you a story about this. So when I first got my Peloton uh, uh, bike, it was pre-pandemic, right? And I tried the online classes and they just didn't click for me for whatever reason, right? I still had a gym membership back then. And I was like, well, you know what? Um, I just, I don't think this is worth $40 a month for me. I would rather go to the gym and get a complete workout, but I still spent $3,000 on this bike. So, mm. you know, I will use this on days where I am injured or I'm trying to get a quick workout before I go to the airport, mm -hmm. right? There are all these utterly reasonable use cases where you might want to use uh, your device without a, uh, a subscription. And I also think it's very important to remember this is not a, uh, a a Sony PlayStation situation where they're selling the product at barely margin mm. or maybe under margin. This is more of a Nintendo situation where they are making money with every single piece of hardware they sell. Uh, both the Nintendo bike and the Nintendo and the I'm sorry, both the Peloton <laughs> bike and the Peloton tread are are priced in line with other really good. Uh, treadmills and bikes on the market. So, you know, this isn't a situation where they lose money selling you the product. Does that make sense to yeah, you? Yeah, that totally makes sense. And that is something that I did not know about the Peloton um, and or about the upcoming Nintendo bike, which I'm pretty excited about. <laughs> it's going to be made of cardboard. <laughs> and you're going to have to put it together oh, no. yourself. You might be and, asking uh, yourself, why would Peloton do this? Well, it, it ties back again to the safety thing because subscription mm -hmm. users can put a passcode on the treadmill and lock it from being turned on without a passcode, which is a way to, say, keep a child 
from an unsupervised child from accidentally turning on your treadmill and becoming injured. Currently, that is only available to subscription um, to like Tread Plus subscribers. They are quote unquote working on updates to make sure that Treadlock, which is the passcode, um, is available to people without a Peloton membership, but it's currently not. So their solution, uh, this goes back to the great communication thing, was to update the bike and soft lock it for people who are not subscribed. Big right. womp womp here. <laughs> well, I was going to say, and this brings us to how I found myself in the middle of this. Yes. Um, so, so the Peloton Facebook groups, uh, I would wholly strongly encourage you not to join them or spend time in them. I personally like making bad life decisions and uh, arguing with miserable people on the internet. It's just my thing. Yeah, I've noticed that about you. It's just how I like to spend my time. Uh, So I am a member of those groups. Uh, So I saw this uh, post from the original person that discovered this where uh, she's like, Hey, what's up? Y'all locked me out of using my uh, $4,500 treadmill. Um, and they're like, lol, well, uh, sorry for your safety. Because we prize safety <laughs> so much here at Peloton, uh, you're going to have to spend uh, right $40 a month to uh, for this Peloton lock feature. Um, and uh, But we're going to give you three months for free. <laughs> You know, and uh, she was complaining about this. And understandably, the cult of Peloton uh, really went off on her. I saw this and I was like, you know, I, I got to tell you, Simone, I went totally, it was my Assassin's Creed Valhalla moment. I dipped my 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 fingers in the blood of my enemies. And I wiped over my eyes to become Ivor. Oh, no. And I was like, let's go to war on social media. So I write this <laughs> post that goes mega viral. And I'm like... Yo, Peloton is using the death of a child as a pretext to charge you $40 a month to use your $3,000 bike to just bike. This is absolutely ridiculous. Um, Now, it's a rare, rare day that a woman finds herself going viral on Reddit and all of the comments in general, are very positive towards her. <laughs> this yeah, was, this wow. is amazing. I was, I was, I felt like I was like Neo looking into the Matrix. It was amazing. So this, is, this is like opposite day for you. <laughs> yeah, it was really weird. Now uh, I do yeah, totally believe that Peloton is, you know, working on an update that will make this feature available for everyone, even non-subscribers. But the way in which this was rolled out. Uh, there's a business insider piece about it where they talk to a couple people and the mm-hmm. phrase distasteful precedent is used. And that yep. is just one hundo percent uh, what it is. Um, that so describes- we're going to break oh, yeah. some news here today on Rocket about that. <gasps> this is a really good thing. So um, what people don't know, I generally don't share things that that happen in DMs, uh, but this is with a reporter. You know, they eventually wrote about this story. Nothing was said to be on the record. So I'm, I'm going to tell the whole story about getting Peloton to publicly agree to make this change. So there were multiple people that went and wrote about this story. It started with Business Insider, then Consumer Reports, who recommends the Peloton tread and notes in their piece, you can use this without a subscription, was like, oh, crap, we can't recommend this 
with this change. So their reporters got involved. Uh, PC Magazine got involved. Uh, and a little company you may have heard of, uh, someone called Vox Media hmm. uh, and The Verge, they got involved. And at first on, I believe it was Monday, they were pressuring uh, uh, Peloton and all these reporters were just flat out asking them, like, will you commit to copying this code over into the offline mode Hmm. and making it so people can use their treadmill as a treadmill. And Peloton 100% would not do that with reports. Really? They were just, they were giving this evasive statement that kind of hinted to it. Wow. But would not commit to it. And what I thought was so interesting is this is why people hate politicians and PR people, Simone, because they craft things to be interpreted in a way where it's not technically a lie, but Mm. it's deliberately meant to be misinterpreted. So that's why they were using phrases like, at this time you can't use it, to hint to that coming. And they know that the Peloton fans are 100% going to have their back on that. I'll I'll get to more details about that later. That's so devious. Yeah. Okay, so that was Monday. Then Tuesday, more reporters started doing this story, and they did the same thing. And then at the end of the day, Tuesday, as best as I can tell, when Verge started covering this Mm -hmm. story, that's when they changed their tune (laughs) and rewrote all those reporters and said, look, we publicly do commit to making this change at some time in the future. Okay. And I personally, this is just, I don't have any facts on this. This is my belief. But Vox Media has been so awesome in pursuing these kinds of hostile stories that I think they said, okay, this is where people are going to read this. This is really going to hurt our reputation. We need to publicly uh, uh, commit to this. So I think you should be very proud to work for an organization that, that brings that much heat to a, to a situation. Does that make sense to you? It does. I'm thinking back to the the Away story, the Away suitcase story, which I know we, of course, disclosure, they did sponsor us, but they hadn't sponsored us for a while when that story came out um, mm-hmm. about the um, bad boss situation there and how big yep. a splash that made. You're right. We do have a, The Verge does have a, have a little track record in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, the context behind that is incredible. This has been far more dramatic in in reporting than I than I thought it was, having read those couple stories. Let's talk about well, the- it all happened in back channel. You yeah, know? maybe those reporters can't ethically, you know, but they're telling me. So Whoopsie. I'll tell you that I'm not a reporter. I'm just some random yeah. troublemaker. <laughs> Uh, so let's talk about the the broader implications of this, because it, it feels like something that has kind of bubbled up on this show a few times. I think uh, even most recently with the older models of the Sonos speakers that mm-hmm. are being bricked, essentially. Um, and that was kind of a question of, OK, these these speakers are quite old at this point. There are several, several new models um, does the company have the ethical right to make them essentially useless for right. for users who have bought them and held on to them for a few years? This is a very 
very different uh, situation, but on on the same line where this is a new product, a very, very expensive new product that uh, is being sold to people with one option that they can use it offline um, and is now in a situation where for for the fe- for the foreseeable future, which may be only a month or so, but whatever, they have to subscribe to use it in the way that they want to. And Peloton, as you said, is going to fix this with their code, but it does sort of present a a situation, a reality. It, it brings to the forefront a reality in which, yeah, we have all of these products that may or may not have subscriptions, which are controlled by companies who don't necessarily have their users' best interests at heart and which can be turned on or off at any time. Um, And that's... I mean, in this particular case, Simone, you know, there are, as a software engineer, there are hard things to do and there are not hard things to do in software engineering. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's important to remember Peloton is based on the, the Android platform, right? Like you can put it in developer mode. It's all the same thing. Adding a, a, a piece of code for the, uh, basically a, a lock code from one mode of the bike to another, I'm not going to tell you it's an instant change because it's not, mm-hmm. but that's not... That's not the heaviest lift, right? Like you're basically talking about copying something over and Mm -hmm. and, and putting in a new module. I also think it's really important to note they installed this lockout on her bike without asking. It was connected to the internet, right? Mm -hmm. And it just updated overnight and locked her out. So... You know, it, it's it's so hostile in so many different ways. I, I just yeah. can't, I can't even think of, and this is what really gets me. I'd love your opinion about this. I, I've thought so hard about this, um, about why Peloton fans are so quick to, to defend bad behavior from the company. And even I found myself really trying not to do that when the treadmill story mm-hmm. uh, broke. And I think it's because, you know, if you talk to a Peloton person, ask them, who's your favorite instructor? And they're going to have very, very strong feelings. For me, it's Olivia Amato. I love her. We call her the glitter demon because she's four feet tall and will (laughs) kick your butt up and down. But, and you know, you spend so much time with them, you kind of feel like they're your friends. And I think when people are critiquing Peloton online, there's this like mistaken part of your brain that goes, well, they're not attacking a corporation. They're, they're critiquing my friend, Olivia. Yeah. You know, Olivia didn't stay up all night coding this in the Android SDK. You know, she's just an instructor. And I think we don't help Peloton the company Mm -hmm. in the long run if we don't hold them to any standards, right? Like there's a political party in the United States that's falling apart right now because people won't hold it to any standards within <laughs> that, 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 that political party. So I think if we truly want Peloton to succeed long-term, we have to realize like this isn't just about you being able to brag that you can pay $40 a month for this. This is about it being a good value for normal people 
right? And we need to hold them to standards. Does does that make sense to you? Does that seem off base? Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I, I remember that sort of journey that you went on when we initially covered the Tread Plus situation, mm-hmm. where I think the, the knee-jerk reaction was, all treadmills are dangerous. And then on viewing the footage became, oh, okay, no, this is actually a very bad and frightening situation. Right. Um, and yeah, I do, I do totally understand that sort of that instinct that people have to protect their thing. But like you said, it, it's a company. It's, it's not, it's not a group of friends it's, that are instructing you in how to spin fast. It, it is a company that's trying to make money and it's selling $4,000 treadmills. So I, I would just, if there, if there are any, like hardline Peloton defenders out there, I would just ask that you think about uh, who exactly is the, who exactly you're holding the shield up in front of. And is it a person who is making millions of dollars more than you <laughs> um, as the CEO of a profitable uh, high-tech workout company? Um, la- final thoughts about Peloton, because I did have one. Um, yes, <laughs> Just to link it back to this whole, uh, okay, the question of of updating the code to put in the passcode. Yeah, I just want to return to that as as a programmer really quickly, because there was an update done to make the bike unusable without the subscription. Would that not, I know they're trying to like rush things out to quote unquote, make it more safe. But if you're going to issue one update that makes it impossible to use without the passcode, and therefore the subscription, wouldn't it be ostensibly the same um, uh, as simple slash hard to update it to make the passcode usable without the subscription? No, you're dead on. You're absolutely dead on. It it it, it, it would not be very difficult at all. Okay. This is my theory <laughs> about this. And this is Reddit's theory about this. I actually don't think it's about the passcode lock at all. Mm. I think this entire situation is about indemnifying Peloton from liability. Because when you sign up... So the 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 detente that Peloton has come to with their treadmill and normal users is this: um, it's a voluntary recall, so no force of law. Um, and if you decide to keep using it until they can, I believe, bring someone out to your house to install a physical um, device on it that makes it safer in the back, mm-hmm. um, you have to accept all these different things. Okay. I think this is actually about forcing you to sign a legally binding term of service, which you do as part of the process of signing up for it. So I think, I think the lock is the pretext. I think the, the subtext and the true reason for this is for you to, uh, in Reddit found this part in the, the terms of service that you sign, um, to make you agree to that. So you can't sue Peloton and be part of a a class action lawsuit. So yeah, that, that's my theory. And I think this is really about covering Peloton's butt, which is, you know, let's just really be clear here. This is about a design fault that led to the death of a child. And there's certainly yeah. a public perception that they are using that moment to charge you $40 a month, which is a, um, it's, it's a terrible look, right? Terrible. So, um, 
you know, this is, I think this is one of those situations where lawyers get involved and actually yep. cause a PR nightmare. And I think that is, according to Business Insider, what is happening. So as <laughs> usual, we will keep up, keep you updated on this because we're certainly following it. And of course, Brianna is embroiled in it. Uh, so we'll, we'll let you know, listeners, what happens with that. But for now, this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Pingdom from SolarWinds. Today's internet users expect a fast web experience. No matter how targeted your marketing content or how sleek your website is, they'll bounce if a page is loading too slowly. But with real user monitoring from Pingdom, you can discover how website performance affects your visitor's experience so that you can take action before your business is impacted, all for as low as $10 a month. Whether your visitors are dispersed around the world or across browsers, devices, platforms, Pingdom helps you identify bottlenecks, troubleshoot performance, and make informed optimizations. Real user monitoring is an event-based solution, so it is built for scalability. This means that you can monitor millions of page views, not just sample data, at an affordable price. Get live site performance visibility today with real user monitoring from Pangdom. Go to pangdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. And then when you're ready, use the code ROCKET at checkout to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. Thank you to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of the show and RelayFM. Again, that is pingdom.com slash RelayFM for the free trial and then the code ROCKET for 30% off. Thank you, everyone, for your support. Pingdom. That's not how the jingle goes. <laughs> <laughs> have you made a jingle yet? I, you know, I feel like for all of these, I have one shining moment where I make a jingle. And then by the next time we record, I've forgotten my jingle. I've promised you that I'm going to bring my keyboard into the office and I will just like do a little noodling and let you let you do this, like sing your little jingle with the piano accompaniment as oh. you're doing it. I think that would be lovely. That will be lovely. You know what I wouldn't say to that? F your piano. <laughs> F this podcast. F it. F cheer. F jingles. F this, F this network. All right. Our second story today uh, is about a Supreme Court case. Uh, Pennsylvania School versus Brandy Levy, uh, cheerleader and aspiring softball player. So this student um, identified as BL in court documents, according to the story in The Verge, but they also print her name. So what is the truth um, about what we should call her? Brandy um, had had a situation where uh, she wasn't able to get on the varsity cheer team, wasn't able to get on the varsity softball team um, and posted on a private Snapchat group, like a group of friends on Snapchat, F school, F softball, F cheer, F everything <laughs> in disappointment at this event. I, I love her, by yeah. the way. I think yeah. that is so awesome. And uh, the some, one of the students, oh, and this we're going to talk about, one of the students in this chat freaking narked, <laughs> I, <laughs> reported this to the school, um, and the school was like, dang, we've got a we're suspending the student because they're using profanity in connection with a school extracurricular activity. 
so she got a one-year suspension. This case has since gone all the way to the Supreme Court, and there was a ruling delivered on it this week, uh, which uh, upholds that she should not have been suspended from the team Um because while schools can regulate what you say when you're on campus, they cannot do it if you are in posting off school property, out of school hours in your private Snapchat group with your one friend who is no longer your friend because they are a little weasel. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so a, a, a decision was made on this case. We didn't recover this in the uh, lead up to the decision being made, uh, but it, it is very much in our wheelhouse in that I think free speech and tech platforms come up a lot on this show. We're always talking about what people can and can't get banned for on social networks. And to me, this is just like an excellent example of attempted overreach in terms of controlling what people can say on social media. Whereas usually we're like, yeah, it's, it's the social media should have the social media platform does have the right to decide what you can and cannot say on it. This is the case of a school coming in and trying to decide what you can and cannot say on social media. Um, yep. So for me, this, this decision is excellent. Everything here seems to have gone as it should. I, I agree. So before we get into the, the the ruling and the issues at play, can we talk more about the narc? I mean, what kind of monster? What kind of monster would 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 besmirch a cheerleader's reputation by letting people know she had used the F bomb? I, I just <laughs> I, I I I can't that's a bad friend. You know, it's going to be very hard for her to recover from that. No, seriously, this is this is the biggest. I, I I'm trying to get inside their life and their mind to decide what's caught making them do such bad decisions. Like, is this like a glee plot to sabotage someone? Oh, I mean, what's going jealousy on here? Thing? Do you think? Yeah, maybe this is someone else who was on the junior varsity cheer squad and was yeah. like on the bench. And wanted a spot and was like, yep. I know what I can do. I got to get rid of Brandy. <laughs> and completely. I, yeah, I don't want to. Uh, I am hung up on it. I don't want to get hung up on it too much because these are high school students. However, holy cow, girl. <laughs> bad decision. Don't narc on people on the cheer squad. Just don't yeah. do it. It's a bad life decision. It will come back and haunt you and we will mercilessly attack you for it on Rocket, just to be clear. That being a group chat, that was a sort of a, a hinge moment for me in reading about right. this because I, I, yeah. I do think it is it would be a different discussion if this had been, say, uh, an extremely public tweet from an unlocked account that went viral. Um, that that I think there would be a little more nuance in the discussion of like, can you disparage your school in that way? I, I think you can. But I think the school would have a little more ground to stand on. The fact that this was, as I continued reading, like, oh, it's it's on Snapchat and it's a it's a group. It's sent to in, in the equivalent of what Instagram's uh, close friends grouping is in stories. This is sent to a group of people that she has curated that she wanted to express this to. And that to me, it just automatically I'm not a lawyer, but that completely puts it outside of of the school's uh, uh, of any kind of responsibility that the school has to 
to, to not pee, to, to encourage students to not swear in relation to school things. Like this is a private, it's like a text message basically. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I also, I also think it's important to, to note, um, you know, one of the things I learned in J school, uh, was just how little free speech, um, it's been adjudicated that, mm. uh, uh, high school students and elementary st- uh, school students have, um, we've talked on rocket before about certain cases where, uh, high school newspapers will try to legitimately break journalistic news, mm. often antagonistic to the school. And there have been cases that say the, the, the school students don't have free speech in the same way. And the school can basically come in and, and censor that. Uh, something I'm not sure I agree with. I'm sure, um, I, I'm assuming it was the same for you, Simone. Uh, maybe it was a, a Southern thing, but mm. I have to tell you, like people narking the school officials and, and getting all drama-rama with with high school students and policing everything they say and do off school grounds and on school grounds. It's, it was a very, very uh, big thing to do growing up. Was that the same for you at all? You know, I don't believe that it was. I I don't recall any situation at all similar to this when I was in school. Um, I don't even really recall language issues happening on campus. Um, mm-hmm. Although, as we know, <laughs> my memory is very poor. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do, I, I do understand the need to, you know, keep school campuses language clean. But it says in this piece on it that they're one of the one of the arguments that uh, the that Brandy's team was able to make was that there is no evidence that the school generally was in the habit of punishing students for swearing outside the classroom. Right. So if your teacher, you know, your teacher can very much like wrap her ruler on your desk and say, Hey, don't say the F bomb, go to detention. A scenario that I have apparently (laughs) conjured from whole cloth, but off campus. I mean, what is this like? Is this a, a is this a, a seminary? Like, is she, let me double check. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, you know, if you are on campus, if you are on campus, I understand the need to keep a certain amount of decorum mm-hmm. um, to to make the learning uh, environment safer, right? Yeah, and saying students can't use f bomb, all of that. You know, it's like school uniforms or uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's more when you're a, in school, it is, it's a very curated situation. It's, exactly. You're there for a purpose. I mean, it's, it's the same uh, at your job. I think if, if your job expects you to uh, curtail your language in a certain way and dress in a certain way. How about here at Rocket? We censored the F-bomb all the time. How We're many doing times it right do now. you click the button to make sure Jim beeps it out? I mean, all the time. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that's totally, totally acceptable. Where mm-hmm. I do think that just continually breaks down um, is online and then, of course, in, in private situations. And we do see this all the time with teachers, Mm-hmm. being uh being punished for their offline behavior which i think is even more of a of of a complicated area to be honest but it's not I'll often... flat out say it's problematic i yeah. really do um you know this may be an unpopular opinion but you see 
teachers getting fired for things like OnlyFans, and I just uh, or you know having you've had teachers fired in the because ten years ago they were in Playboy, you know. Yeah. And I just I think I think this is. I think it's unreasonable for someone making $38,000 a year to uh, be expected to have lived their entire life as a, as a saint. And I do think we need less policing about what people do outside of the uh, educational system. I think it's, uh, I think the case for saying it's directly uh, related to the outcome is Mm -hmm. very, very tangential. And I think the reality is it comes, uh, it's, it's politics with uh, people that want to put their, their nose into everything. Um, I I do want to say one quick thing about what does my only concern about this particular case yeah, um, is the precedent that it could set. I am of the opinion that we need to widen the ability of schools to handle a speech off campus when it is uh, targeting people or bullying people, Mm -hmm. uh, bullying other students. Um, You know, my good friend, Carrie Goldberg has told a very moving story about uh, a 17 year old that was targeted with uh, revenge porn Mm -hmm. and eventually died by suicide. Um, This is activity that takes place off campus and it's extremely disruptive uh, to people learning. So my one worry is this particular case could be used as a precedent to argue the school doesn't have any uh, uh, standing to police that kind of uh, harassment and bullying. And that is uh, a precedent I wholly disagree with uh, or would disagree with. But I think in this case where it's just uh, literally a child expressing anger at a situation, I just, um, I, I really do think it's a free speech issue. Yeah, and it, it does seem like your concern is one that they they had in mind. Uh, I think that there was a previous ruling, um, Tinker versus Des Moines Independent Community School District, uh, that does allow schools to to punish or curtail in some way uh, speech that quote unquote would materially and substantially disrupt the work and discipline of the school. Um, even if that speech would be protected under normal circumstances. And it does seem like the justices in this case were concerned with situations in which speech could be actively threatening to the school or harmful to the school, which given the hideous climate that we live in in this country, I I do understand and sympathize with because as a, as a high school right now or any school right now is probably – probably has concerns that they could become a focal point of violence one day, uh, mm-hmm. which is a horrible thing to think about. So, but they probably are for that reason, concerned about somebody saying, screw this school. Um, and in, in a concrete way, this was to me very clearly not that this was a sort of spur of the moment, like letting steam off, in chat situation. Uh, but I, I definitely ag- agree with you, Brie, that like in, in situations where a student's life and safety is the target of that offensive speech, there, d- there do need to be school related consequences. Um, mm-hmm. 
I I do wonder though if we've ever seen that happen successfully because like you said that that case that you spoke about had a horrible outcome and I one reads often enough about situations where a student is like being bullied for their their gender or mm-hmm. or something like that um or even <laughs> targeted by the school for how they wear their hair uh, often right. is the case with like black women who have natural styles and are told no that's not appropriate um, so I, I, I really do wonder, like, like, as much as I agree that schools should be able to enforce consequences on people, on, on students who make it unsafe for others, I do wonder how much that would actually be used in the way that we want it to be used. Yeah, I have to agree with that. But yeah, that's what jurisprudence is for. And yeah. hopefully it will uh, be adjudicated in the correct way. Yeah. All right. We'll let you know. Hey, let me tell you that this episode of Rocket I'm getting coffee. is brought to you by <laughs> privacy.com. Oh my goodness. Um, okay, so <laughs> I recently went on a trip to Los Angeles uh, and boy was I just always on my phone purchasing things online uh, as I was on this trip because it was it I, I was signing up for like taxi services and stuff I was putting my financial information in um, and it made me on public Wi-Fi oh very concerned that's it but that's a different product uh, <laughs> privacy is a tool that makes it easy to manage your financial lives online while keeping your most important information secure by letting you generate special uh, numbers. to use in places where you would use your credit card or your bank account info, which was useful to me, a person who was signing up for mysterious cab apps in an attempt to ethically use transportation, which doesn't work. It's fine. I'm living my life. Um, So (laughs) I've completely lost my chain of thought here, but I think you understand users what I am getting at. Sometimes you are signing up for a service or an app or something, and you're putting in your financial information, and you think, should I be putting my financial information in here? Maybe not. Well, if you've ever been in that position, don't be again, because you can have privacy. Privacy, the concept, and privacy, the service. By generating virtual numbers, privacy masks your bank information, so you never have to worry about giving it out to people that you don't know online. And then getting your credit card charged twice for something that you didn't actually recoup. Um, And you're going to deal with it by calling (sighs) your credit union. Take back control of your payments. Decide who can charge your card, how much, and how often. And you can close cards at any time. Plus, you can make sure that you are never accidentally billed twice hmm, or upgraded to another service without your consent. And privacy is partnered with the good folks at 1Password. You can create, use, and save privacy cards directly within your 1Password dashboard, and all virtual cards created in 1Password will have the same security benefits as your other privacy cards. And you can also set spend limits, create single-use or merchant-locked cards whenever you want. So head over to privacy.com slash rocket and sign up for an account. New customers will automatically get $5 to spend on their first purchase. So go to privacy.com slash rocket and sign up right now. Our thanks to Privacy for their support of this show and Relay FM. Oh, all right. It's time for our dessert. And gee whiz. I'm excited this is, about this. This is a good one. This is a good one. 
So, Bree, did you watch uh, any of those other Netflix shows like uh, Love is Blind and The Circle? I, I will admit I'm not the biggest dating show fan, uh, so I guess I missed that. I, I apologize. Oh. I'm was, a monster. It, w- it was a good time. But, but Netflix is coming out with a new dating show. For those of you who did watch those shows and understand the complete derangement of them, um, Sexy Beast (laughs) looks like a show for you and for me. Um, So, Brie, are you familiar with the concept of Sexy Beast? I, I, I saw this on Twitter, and it was Simone de Rochefort, I want to tell you, it was a journey of emotion. Mm. First, it was horror. <laughs> then it was being strangely into it in ways I didn't understand. And then it was yearning for the sweet release of death. <laughs> and then it was a uh, 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 being very eager to see it. So why don't you tell our listeners what the concept is? Ah, so this is a dating show uh, that has something in common with uh, Love is Blind, which is Netflix's Mm -hmm. previous dating show where the contestants cannot see each other's faces until quite late in the game. So on Love is Blind, they were in these little rooms communicating uh, via just via voice they couldn't see each other and then they eventually were allowed to see each other after they had confessed their love uh, and decide if they wanted to get married or not ah well this is similar except instead of being locked in a tiny little room they're out doing activities and having a good time and you might say simone how do they accomplish that if they can't see each other are they wearing little bags over their heads no listeners they are wearing full animal prosthetics. <laughs> they are. If you have watched the anime Beastars, Brie, have you? Are you familiar with it? No. Okay. Do I want to know? <laughs> it's apparent, it's really good. My, yeah. Is this going to be like Akira, and like my sense of reality is going to be shattered? Possibly. I mean, I just yes. Make sure I'm safe. Possibly. Yes. Um, okay. It's an okay. anime about anthropomorphic animal people, kind of like Zootopia. This whole topic so far has been a okay. Are you familiar with Beastars? Okay. Are you familiar with Zootopia? Okay. It's that. Um, so yeah, it's it's a, an anime with um, anthropomorphic animal people um, who are sexy and this is that except a little more without the dynamics of the without the predator and prey dynamics that are at play in that exquisite anime um so these people they're they're wearing this woman has a full shark sort of situation on her face she's on a date with a man who is dressed like a large praying mantis um, only in the head, not in the body area. You can still see the body area. <laughs> and they're oh, doing no. like really. I can't tell you where my mind went, Simone. No, you, you can't. Okay, we're we're a family show. Yeah, they're doing really fun activities though. So like, I was actually quite pleased with the array of activities I saw on display in this trailer. They are not just going to bars. They're apparently in England. They're going like. Uh, shooting, you know, where they toss the clay pigeon up in the air and you shoot it with a shotgun. They're wearing tweeds. They're riding in carriages. Uh, They're going on roller coasters with these prosthetics, which leads me to believe that the makeup artists on this show are possibly the most talented people we have in the industry and we should protect them. (laughs) I I agree with that. It is, it is 
God, it, it's so weird. It You know, you said something in our group chat, which I leaked to get you suspended nice. uh, from school, by the way, um, that I thought was so appropriate, uh, where I think people are going to blame furries for this show. You know, like like make this out to be like a it's it's a show for furries, but I think furries would do a better. I'm taking credit for your ideas <laughs> here. I think furries would do a better job at like making this attractive instead of hideous. Like there's a woman dressed as as Lucifer, the devil demon. Yeah, like that a yokai. Really makes from, me wonder what kind of animal. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, uh, oh, well, they call it a Neo 2, which I'm completely addicted to right now. Uh, the yokai form. Oh, that's, that's the animal. Okay, gotcha. That's the animal. Yeah. Come on. Reach your, reach it. Get up to speed on gamer developments and under rush for, you know, and she, you can tell she's an attractive woman, but under this prosthetic, she's deeply, deeply not an attractive person. Begs so, the question. It can, uh, once again, we must ask ourselves, can you truly fall in love without seeing the person's face? Yep. Uh, the panda, the the girl who's dressed as a panda is pretty cute. I think the panda outfit is good. Um, there's a very interesting bull situation where he's like a bull with a full ass ring in his nose. I think I think the furry comment was from Christina because I oh, I am very okay. pro furry yep. community and You're I right. will not yeah. blame them for anything. Um, <laughs> I think that they are harmless and fun. Oh, see, I could Christina's not here. I could steal her <laughs> thoughts with complete abandon. That was my idea, actually, y'all. So please attribute that. But to you're me. correct that yeah, they it it would the design would be very different. This is a specific like hyper realistic, but also horrifying design i would say because you can still see their little human eyes in the big animal heads and i think that's the part of it that is upsetting yeah yeah um i i mean bottom line are you gonna watch this oh 100 percent oh Come no on. Come but, on. oh okay <laughs> i think i think like a car accident i am going to be unable to look away and will also end up watching this but i won't be proud i will of not myself. hold you to it okay. but it would be great okay. um actually i'll let you know how it is there we go okay thank all you all right um okay because you know, i'm an important woman i've got very yeah, important things to do with my life you know i can only watch quality shows so thank you for taking the bullet for me makes me suspicious about what your uh what we're doing this week is going to be but before we get there i have to tell you that this episode of rocket is brought to you by automators from really fm if you like this show there's a good chance that you'll like automators there are so many daily tasks that we all do that could be automated for us and time spent on tasks that could be automated is time that you get back if you want to make your devices do more for you, you need to listen to Automators, where your hosts, David Sparks and Rosemary Orchard, cover a huge number of programs, apps, and ways that you can automate things in your life so you have more time for the important stuff. Ah, I was so disappointed to return from my work trip to find that my beloved Philips Hue uh, lights have had deleted all of their routines that I set up painstakingly. Oh, no. They were just gone from the app. It was terrible, but I have automated my life in that way and it's been really nice. So uh, if there are other ways that I could make my life 
more simple and thoughtless. I would like to. Uh, some of their <laughs> topics include automated communications, uh, covering how you can automate the ways you communicate with other people. Interesting. Interesting. To tr- I want I'm I'm I am intrigued to listen to that because I'm curious about what they're gonna say about it and like about the goodness versus simplicity and ease of that. Uh, but they've also got widget home screen nerdery, which is something that I'm very bad at and want to become better at. Um, as well as cloud automation check-in, which looks at all the popular cloud-based automation services uh, and talks about where they work and where they don't. You can listen to David and Rosemary bring automation to the people at relay.fm slash automators or search for automators wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much, y'all. Bree, what are you doing this week? Ah, what am I doing this week? Um, So Rebellion Pack is going to have some really, really big news. Like you, Simone, I cannot currently share that. uh, But let's just say I'm going to have a very busy week. Um, What I can't say is, uh, has this ever happened to you that you bounced off a game and uh, then come back and try it again and get completely addicted to it? Have you ever had this happen? Yes, absolutely. So I bounced off of Neo 2 when it first came out. Um, I just tried it. I got slaughtered. If you don't know, this game is kind of a a Dark Souls-like. It's by Team Ninja, the people that did Ninja Gaiden. And, um, you know, it got a reputation as just being brutally difficult. I loved the Final Fantasy uh, Stranger of Paradise demo so Mm. much that it's made by the Neo team with the Neo engine. So I was like, well, I've already bought this game. Let's see if I actually like this. I am so hardcore addicted to this game. It is the most brutally difficult game I've ever played. I'm committed to beating it. I'm about uh, close to halfway done. And I think it's going to be one of my greatest achievements ever as a gamer. That's awesome. Because those games, I remember when we were doing speed run, we actually had an episode where we made Jimmy try to play Neo 2 and become better at it. Um, And it was very hard. And we... He suffered a lot. So, have you tried it at all? Oh, absolutely not. No, I'm a baby. I'm a weak little baby. <laughs> but I do. I still. I now that I'm back in town, I want to try the Strangers of Paradise demo for sure. Oh, so, you should before they pull it. Oh God, you're right. Okay, I will get on that. Thank you so much. Uh, what am I doing this week? I'm going on vacation. <laughs> oh, good for you. I just got back from my work trip to LA. Uh, last night and today is thursday and i'm going out of town tomorrow so <laughs> whoop can you say where you're going <laughs> yeah i'm going out to the cape um with my dad and my brother so oh, that's, that's exciting. so sweet yeah i've never been before um well i've been to i live in massachusetts i've never been either <laughs> oh gosh yeah it looks very narrow and very frightening <laughs> This I don't know why this is my thought, but when we were looking at like looking at the whole little curve of the Cape and looking at where Provincetown is, I was like, dang, that's far away from the land. What if something happened? What if it got cut off? What if I had to swim back to land? That would suck. I couldn't do that. I would die. Um, I think it's I, it's unsettling how narrow and long it is. And these are my feelings on the Cape. You can all find out how I feel about the Cape when I come back from the Cape. 
I'm sure I'll okay, love it. I'm just writing this down. You're uncomfortable with how narrow and long it is. Got it. Um, we got to get these I, things I just, in writing because I'll forget right, ever saying them. Right. I, I just want to say uh, when you find yourself uh, arrested by uh, the Cape Police, don't mm. call your family. They will judge you. But yeah, Brianna will bail you out. Give nice. me a call. Will you yeah. pick me up in a very fast car? I will. I yes. will. One of them. Okay. Well, just let me know which one you want. Oh, I can't wait to get arrested. <laughs> okay. Cool. You can actually drive a manual if y'all want to come by and pick up one of my uh, uber fast cars. I will lend that to Don't you. Don't tempt me. Actually, no. <laughs> my father used to drive like race cars uh, and I do not oh. want to be in it one of your cars with him <laughs> it's very scary <laughs> okay that's what we're doing this week but where can i find you online uh you can find me online at brianna Wu at uh on twitter and you can find me on twitter at doom quasar and youtube.com slash polygon thank you so much listeners for tuning in to the morning show <laughs> <laughs> there i did it to this i episode feel like i was surprisingly coherent i feel like i i rallied myself i feel like i was less coherent i feel like you you drained my coherence but then again i'm never coherent so but <laughs> i think we did a pretty good job for two people one of whom hasn't had coffee yet but is about to <laughs> once this is over hey if you like our show please leave a review because we really appreciate that um and tell your friends about it like the cool kids do so you can share and bond over our content okay thanks everyone for listening this episode of rocket is terminated terminated <laughs>